This is the Australian Hunting Podcast, hunting, shooting and fishing radio on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Visit us at australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Here's the host of the show, Jason Selms. Welcome back to the Australian Hunting Podcast here on the AHP Digital Radio Network, the only dedicated hunting, shooting and fishing radio show here in Australia. If you'd like to find out more about AHP, visit australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. If you would like to email us, then you can go to the website and click on the contact icon. Or alternatively, you can email me directly at australianhuntingpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to listen to the Australian Hunting Podcast, you can visit the website and click on the archived podcast link. You can also subscribe to the Australian Hunting Podcast on iTunes for automatic updates. Make sure you leave a comment and rate us five stars on iTunes. That would be much appreciated. On Facebook, you can find us under Australian Hunting Podcast, where listeners are sharing ideas, thoughts and opinions, as well as photos and videos twitter.com forward slash ah podcast if you'd like to follow our twitter feed you can also check out my videos on youtube under the name aussie federal control alternatively all social media links can be found on the website everyone knows i love my listeners but i've got especially some extra special love for my donating listeners if you'd like to donate or do a monthly subscription to the show go to the website and click on the donate button on the right hand side of the main page and show your support which is always appreciated that helps us keeps the lights on in this joint and pay those bills we have over 65 hours of free podcasting audio content to date for you all to enjoy Share the Australian Hunting Podcast with your friends and family and get as many people as you know into hunting, shooting and fishing as possible so they can enjoy this fantastic lifestyle that we all love. So as usual, without further ado, let's get into my interview with today's guest. This is Rod Drew, CEO of Field and Game Australia. This is Rob Fickling from Beyond the Divide and Maroka 30. Hi, this is Col Allison, hunter, journalist for 42 years and a shooter. Hi, this is Russell Mark, Olympic gold medalist. This is Charlie Jacoby from Field Sports Britain. Hey everybody, it's Tom Knapp and you're listening to the Australian Hunting Podcast. Craig Golding, welcome to the Australian Hunting Podcast. Thanks for coming on the show. It's part of the Everyday Hunter series. I appreciate it. Thanks, Chase. Thanks for having me, mate. No worries, mate. Tell us about yourself. Uh, I guess you know on a, on a bit of a personal level, but you know you hunt, shoot, fish. What do you, what do you enjoy? Oh, uh, Chase, mate. I I hunt, fish, and shoot. I do a whole lot. Um, I've been involved in shooting, I suppose, since I was ten years old, and I've been been employed in the industry, the shooting and outdoor industry, since I was probably twenty three. So twenty five years now. So it's been a little big part of our life, uh, or family's life, for a long, long time. Yeah, what did you help me? How did you get it? Was it was it you know a family tradition? How did you sort of get into this sort of sort of yeah, area? Look, dad, dad was a very keen hunter. Um, you know, he tells me stories when he was going to Burke as a young fellow chasing hogs and and goats and that. And all my uncles fished, and that was for me, I guess, it was a natural progression. Like many, I guess, it's just natural progression. Sorry, my these days too, my kids are they're just following our footsteps and they're getting into it also. Yeah, right. So, anyone else in the family, like or your brothers, sisters, they t- sort of take up, you know, hunting and shooting. Did they sort of take it on as much as you did, or? 
No, no. Look, my sister loves fishing, but uh, that's, and my brother loves fishing. That's about where it finished, you know. No one took up the, the firearms like I did, that's for sure. No, no, right. Mate, you, you just mentioned uh, you were sort of in the industry. Tell us about that. What did you mean by that? Yeah, I, um, I started as a rep when I was 23 with the Full of Firearms Group. Uh, you probably know they're now sort of Highland Sports and National Sporting Agency. So I started young and, and worked for arguably then the biggest in the industry, and that sort of set me on a footing to, to staying in the industry. Um, after the 96 debacle and, and the retrenchments that followed in the industry after that, I became the sales manager of Shakespeare Fishing Tackle. I was there for about nine years and... Um, and then most recently, the last four and a half years, we started our own business down here in Barrel called Field and Stream Australia. So we do fishing tackle, hunting, camping gear, guns and ammo, and that's been a good little thing for us. Yep. I mean, you were talking about that. You said, obviously, you were you know, in the business around, I mean, it's very interesting, around 96, mate. Tell us about sort of you know, around that time, what was it like? I mean, especially for, you know, businesses, either like yourself or businesses that you work for. What was that feeling around that time? Yeah, it was a, uh, certainly a feeling of uncertainty. Um, I mean, 96, after 96 was a big year for a lot of retailers, you know, there's, the buyback was going on and, and while the government, have you believed it, they, they got all these guns back into, out of the system, we, you know, first-hand accounts were that people were trading guns in or, or selling their guns and going out and buying new guns. So it was one of the biggest years in the, fire, in the modern firearms industry in Australia, uh, just from a dollar value point of view, because people were buying new guns. Yeah. Uh, it was unprecedented, you know. Um, after that sort of, what that would have been 97, I guess, uh, then the retrenchment started. A lot of people were put off. Um, obviously there was packages available to dealers and wholesalers alike from the government to sort of get out of the business. Some took it, some didn't. Uh, but it was a sort of time of reckoning for a lot and a lot of people were put out of work. Yeah, you know, you know when you're talking about, like I said, it was a different time. Like obviously when people were, say, getting money back from the government, did you find... I mean, obviously, there was a big increase in, you know, because being people obviously you know, getting money back for firearms they were handing. Was there a massive increase in sales or it completely just ruined the industry? Uh, it, was a huge, it was a huge increase in sales nationally. Um, and it varied from each state. Like in New South Wales, you had to wait to get your money back. It was, there was a period of time where they got your rifle and you got your check. In Victoria, they had actual buyback stations. They'd go in, they'd get their money, and they'd go back into the gun shop and buy a new gun. But it was, it was huge sales year following 96 yeah yeah very interesting that you know you hand in more guns they want to get more guns out of circulation then all of a sudden you know people just running straight into the shop to buy more guns uh, yeah that's right take victoria for instance they're handing in all their a5s and their a500s and all their semi-autos their shotguns and going around the corner and buying marocas and brownings and breaders over and unders you know so it was, it was funny it was funny mate what do people normally i mean obviously uh, you know what sort of area what, what area do you live in if you don't mind me asking I live in the Southern Highlands. Um, the shop's in Barrel, yep. and we live just, just north of the Barrel. So it's, yeah, it's a semi-rural area, and, and there's a fair bit of hunting and fishing goes on around here. Yeah. What about the community, you know, like when you obviously know you own a shop, you know, sell firearms, etc. what's the general feeling in the community? Uh, you know, personally, because we've been down here ourselves for 13 and 14 years, um, people that know us know we're into fishing and hunting. Um there's still a lot of people that walk around, oh, there's a gunship in Barrow. I didn't know that. We've been here nearly five years, you know. You get that anywhere. Um, I don't think, personally, I don't, I don't think people are shocked when they find out someone hunts or fishes these days, particularly hunting. Um, I'm not getting the sort of, I don't find the stigmas there that was there, say, a decade ago, if you know what I mean. 
Um, I don't know whether you know the prevalence of hunting in state forests or the media that it has attained uh, received both good and bad. Whether people are more they know about it more, it's more out in the open. I don't know, but I certainly don't get the stigma. I don't think the stigma's attached to it like it was. You know, certainly there's some people who go off their brain, but you know they're idiots anyway. So. Yeah, mate, what are people's reactions? Obviously, you know, you're out, you, you know, have a, have a business within the area. What are people's reactions, you know, to, to hunting and shooting when they sort of find out you own a shop and you love hunting and what, what's their general... Mate, honestly, Jase, generally I find their reactions are very good. Um, yeah, level-headed, I suppose. They'll ask questions on what do you hunt, you know, this, that and the other thing. Um, and generally, I find people quite good overall. I, I don't... I've never really struck the adverse side of it. You know, and I think it's probably the way we sort of conduct ourselves as well as much as anything else. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I guess everyone's different. It depends on the area too. Some people find it a bit more accepted in different areas, just accept there's a way of life. You know, I mean, we've seen you know people trying to stop hunt fest down in down south there yeah, as well, trying yeah. to do major stops like that because you know, I mean, these guys are trying to bring people into the community, trying to bring money into the community. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people that go down there, they you know spend money to go down there, they stay in accommodation, you know, food. You know, it's just good for the economy, yet, you know, the Greens want to drive, you know, money out of the, you know, those rural, uh, you know, even coastal economies or even rural economies don't want hunting there. So, I, mean, I can't understand it. Yeah, look, I, look, I don't know either. I mean, all I can say is that I think there's another agenda there from the Greens. I mean, we're, we're touted as having, well, the Greens tout the Southern Highlands as having one of the strongest anti-hunting communities. So we back onto the Morton National Park and... There was a big furor down here when the, the subject of hunting national parks came up. Um, let me tell you, they got about 16 people at the rally at the local um, town <laughs> hall here. Um, it wasn't very vocal. We've had no adverse effects from it. Um, it's scaremongering by the Greens. It's as simple as that. Um, look, I have non hunters come into my shop here and they have a look at the game heads on the wall. The first they say, is that for sale? Yeah. Can I buy that? Well, last June we sold all our game heads. I got sick of people asking me for them. And we go through the process now of, of you know, putting heads back on the wall, so to speak, but people still come in and, and want enough they can buy our game heads. Now, these people don't shoot. They just like to look at things. Well, surprise, surprise. And all died to get up on the wall, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's funny, but I think uh, I think we've got to take a lot of what the Greens say with a grain of salt and just make sure that we we... You know, we counteracting everything they say also, you know. Yeah. Mate, at the shop, mate, what's the sort of, you know, what's um, big on selling? I mean, obviously, you sell different types of equipment. What, 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 what's most popular, you know, that people like to come in and buy? Oh, mate, look, we're, we're a little bit different. Because I've been in the industry a long time, uh, I think loyalty is a very, very big thing. It's a very big thing for me. And we support the wholesalers that support our shop. We're only a small shop. Um, and we've been lucky in the last four and a half years with some great suppliers. You won't always see the big brand names in here because they're generally interested in the big guys. But... You know, we're one of those shops that at different times of the year, different seasons, we're selling different things, you know. Archery is very big for us. We sell a lot of bows, a lot of bows and arrows and accessories. Mm. It's probably the backbone of the business. Uh, Ridgeline clothing's been good, although it's sort of clothing itself has slowed down a bit over the last sort of 18 months. Fish and tackle, now the bass and the redfin and the trout are sticking around the area. We get some good combos going out. So it's one of those little outdoor, mixed outdoor businesses that you would have liked to have gone in when you were a kid, you know. Yeah, look around and say, oh, look at this place. This place is great. You know, that's what we're trying to sort of build and continuing yeah. to build. That's right. I remember when I was in a conversation with a friend the other day, and they were just, well, you know, I mean, I was probably a bit younger then. I'm 33 now, but I remember I used to walk into Kmart, my local area, and they used to sell guns down at Kmart. 
Is that right? You you seen the Kmart? Yeah, right. Yeah. Jeez. I thought, yeah, well, I remember Kmart, yeah. Yeah, right. It's amazing how yeah. things change. No, you're right, mate. Now, tell us, um, what is, what is uh, I mean, you're talking your daughters. You, you've gotten your daughter into the sort of the hunting and shooting and fishing lifestyle? Yeah, look, that's all, all three of the kids. Uh, Chloe's, I think she just turned 16, Sky's now 13. Nathan turns 10 this week. I mean, that's probably where I'm getting my most pleasure. You know, I had, I'd spent a lot of years deer hunting, and that was all I did deer hunt, deer hunt, deer hunt. Uh, since Chloe sort of come on the scene and started hunting, we're getting back into the basics, rabbits, boxes pigs and goats and I'm probably getting the most pleasure now that I probably ever ever have out of the sport in watching Chloe and, and Sky sort of saw ball shooting and Nathan getting into it that's where the pleasure's coming from now we're doing it all again you know um, with a new, you know, three new kids are getting into it and that's, it's good for the future you know yeah mate how important is it to get the kids in you reckon to the to the outdoor it's, sports it's, yeah look it's um, it's the future of our sport you know if we don't have the newbies coming on, whether they're young kids or whether they're old fogies, we've got to get them into the sport. Um, yeah. We've got to, yeah, with growth comes success. We've got to get more people into the sport. You know, they need to be more politically active. They need to, they need to understand that, you know, we have these freedoms, but we've got to fight to keep those freedoms. That's right, mate. How's your, your, your mate, when you sort of obviously your daughter's your, what you said is your eldest. How did how did how does she enjoy it? I mean, normally you know I would say it's you know, normally dominated by men, but you now there's certainly women out there that certainly love their their hunting and their fishing and, and their shooting sports. How, how do you think she's taking it on? Oh, look, fantastic. Um, she's she moved past sort of rabbits and foxes and hares, and she's on the pigs and goats now. She's she's cracking some good boars. I think she had a ninety kilo boar trip before last. Um, she got a 35-inch billy, I think, the last trip out west three weeks ago. So she's really, really taken the sport really well. She's very you know, she's very safe. Um, she's probably safer. Uh, firearm safe is probably better than most blokes I've hunted with, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, she loves spotlights, she loves stalking, uh, fox whistling. She's into the whole lot. <laughs> Mate, bit of a proud dad, you think? Or? Yeah, yeah, look, it's, as I said, it's... Um, it's probably where I'm getting the most pleasure now with the sport, you know. It's yeah. just seeing the kids getting into it and doing it right, you know. Mate, what about you? Where do you sort of, you know, I mean, obviously we're not talking specific areas, not GPS coordinates, ha-ha, but um, what, do you, what, what, yeah, what do you hunt around the local area? I just saw that on a thread the other night. I said someone said, give me, give me the GPS coordinate. <laughs> What's uh, your, well, I'm what a little bit different, mate. I, I sort of come through the ranks in the early days of the ADA, and no one will tell you nothing. You know, you want to hunt deer, yeah, mate, well, deer down there, you go find them yourself. Well, I don't agree with that, to be honest. I think, you know, girls like Chloe and, and Sky and Nathan that want to, you know, they need to be given all the guidance on the sun and it might mean walk them into a spot saying, right, well, you know, this is where they are, you know. Go tell your friends, get hunting, you know what I mean? I think, yeah, look, the local area, I guess, um, the Southern Highlands, I guess, is, it's probably a well-kept little secret. There's going to be people who are going to kill me over this. I'll tell you now. It's a well-kept secret. I mean, from a fishing point of view, Australian bass fishing down here is, at times, one of the best in the state. Uh, fish to sort of 45 and 50 centimetres. Uh, redfin, uh, yeah, there's a lot of redfin getting around there, a lot of trout getting around now in the Southern Highlands. Uh, a few sneaky spots to get into, but there's really good fishing at times down here. From a, from a hunting perspective, yeah, you've got everything, rabbits, foxes, hares, uh, pigs and goats. There's some cracking boars coming out of the local area. Um, and I think at last count, I think we've got about three or four species of deer as well getting around now. Right. So not bad when you consider around sort of two hours south of Sydney. 
Yeah, no, nah, absolutely, mate. Sounds like thanks for sharing that. Um, what 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 does Craig like to hunt, mate? What does he? You love obviously you just said before you like hunting deer. What's your what's your go to species and what's sort of your favourite? What do you you know, enjoy getting out there and hunting? Yeah, look, when we, we hunt everything. Um, rabbits through to, to scrubbles. We just had long had a scrubble hunt up north with Clark McGee, but you know, last until Chloe started getting into sport, mate, I just chase Samba. Love chasing Samba. They're probably my the favourite game mammal to hunt. Um, their ability to hide behind two cross sticks is legendary, and I just, just love hunting them. But you know, we're sort of back to bases a bit now at the moment. We do a lot of hunting out west, uh, chasing goats and pigs. Um, probably more so the fact that we're teaching the kids the ropes. But yeah, I'd have to say that Samba would probably be uh, my favourite animal to hunt in the whole wide world. That's right. You got to you got to travel out of the area. I mean, I don't think there's. I mean, obviously, I go to a few places down south, which I've actually seen. You know, a couple of samba. I was surprised they were that far, sort of up in New South Wales. But do you travel down south for samba, or? Yeah, we do. I do, but I don't have to travel that far. But we do. We do go. We go to Victoria. Um, you know, we've spent a lot of time down around Brighton, Harrietville. That's probably where we've done most of our samba hunting. Yeah. But you're right. Samba are a long, long way up the coast now. Yeah, and I always like to see, I wonder how far north they actually are. I wonder where the sort of sightings have been, how far north. It would be very interesting to sort of see how far they've moved and how far they've sort of, you know, migrated from their, you know, from their spots into sort of warmer weather. It would be very interesting. Well, look, I think a bloke by the name of Owen Kay, I think his name is, he took a photo of a Sambo in with some Rooster Hines, the late 90s, yeah, late 90s, uh, just the bottom of Macquarie Pass. Okay, and that's, there's, I think uh, you'll find there's been a few taken out of that area in recent years. So that's, that's as far north, so no. Um, yeah, so they, they, they are, they're moving up well. Mate, do you participate in any sort of non-hunting-related shooting activities? I mean, just purely hunting, you love rifles, targets, you know, shotguns, well, handguns, yeah. play target shooting? Well, I like shooting all, all firearms, that's one thing. But these <laughs> days, um, <laughs> these, these days... Don't get a lot of time for target shooting, I suppose. We go to small ball range. Well, like a small ball range a bit, that's more just to play with the 22s, you know, just just make sure they're side in before rabbit hunts. But I shot plays for a long, long time when I was with full firearms, and so every Friday night from a sort of semi-sponsored level, I guess. But I haven't shot a clay for, I reckon, 25 years there. Wow. But, you know, yeah, just I prefer to hunt. I prefer to get out amongst it. And, you know, if, we, if I had time to go clay target shooting, I've got time to go rabbit hunting, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's right, mate. What's the? Uh, everyone loves this question because there's so many different opinions. What's the uh, Craig Golding's go-to calibers? What suits your game hunting? I'll tell you a story. I've got a mate who and he's a very, very knowledgeable shooter, very, very accurate shooter. Uh, who's got two firearms? He has a seven HMO and he's got a three out three. Okay, yeah. that's all he uses, mate. I've got a gun for every bloody species under the sun. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. I don't have a particular go-to caliber, um, <laughs> but. I suppose I'm a big fan of the 338 Winchester. I love the 338 Winchester. That's what I use on Samba. Um, it just kills them dead. It's a fantastic caliber. Um, I've been a big fan of the 308 Winchester for everything else over the years. Um, saying that, the last trip out west, I took an old Savage 110C J-Series. Got a detachable magazine, which I liked. It's a really old gun. That's in 243, and I used that quite a bit, and I thought to myself... The animals have fallen over just as good as what they hit with the 308. <laughs> I'm not getting kicked, the, the death kicked out of me, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I actually don't mind the little 243 at the moment. But, um, 
that'd probably be the game I'd pick up most at the moment. Yeah, a little two four three J series savage. Yeah, I was going to say, what's your? What do you think? Your, I mean, out of your whole collection, what's your sort of? What, what's your favourite? You reckon? What's your sort of favourite firearm you own? Oh, crikey, man. You've got to pick one. It's got to be one in there you just look at and you think, yeah, that's the one. No, at the, honestly, at the moment, I reckon it would be the little J-Series. Little J-Series Savage 243. Um, like that because it's an older gun, um, all steel, steel and wood. Uh, it's got a beautiful little drop magazine, a button on the side. The magazine just drops out nice in your hand. Uh, yeah. It's just made better than a lot of other guns around these days. Um yeah, that's probably that's probably the gun. That's because it's got character, you know. Yeah, that's right. Got to, that's right. Love, love a good character on a gun. Mate, if you could break it down, this is a very interesting question. I ask this question pretty much the same to everybody that's ever yeah, been part of this sort of series that we do. If you could break it down, tell us what it means to be a hunter, shooter, and fisherman in Australia in this twentieth century. I think that's a pretty hard question, to be honest. I think it's, <laughs> it's there, there's you know there's there's more than one answer to that. Um, I think, I think firstly, you know, being a hunter in the in this century is a comes with a great deal of responsibility. Um, people yeah. are watching us. You know, we're we're under constant um, what's the word I'm looking for, Jace? Scrutiny, scrutiny. Sort of scrutiny, scrutiny. Yeah, um, and we're sort of ambassadors, I guess, now more than ever before to our sport. So that's that's the one thing. Um, to I guess. The, the whole freedom side for me means a lot. We are in a free country, and um, because of the great work of a lot of our organisations, the Shoes Party in general, uh, you know, we, we're allowed to hunt in our state forest now with a little bit of organisation. So I love that freedom. That, that's fair freedom. It means freedom to me. Um, and that's a very difficult yeah, question. I like, I like this question it because very, a lot of people answer it you know, a lot differently. Yeah, and it's, it's a very hard to, I mean, and this is why I like the question, it's sort of hard to articulate, you know, sometimes people go, well, why do I do it? It makes them think about it, I think it's a sort of, you know. Well, I think it's different for everybody, you know, it's different for everybody. For me, you know, I was 10, I think, when I shot my first rabbit and I was a dad, you know, and so that whole, the whole hunting, fishing, I was even younger when I caught my first tailor off Cornell, you know. Um, that whole feeling is very deep deeply suited within me, you know, and yeah. I do it because I do it because I love it, you know, um, it's been part of our family, uh, uncles, dad, you know, um, I mean, I think if, but it is a difficult question to answer because I've so many different things to different people, yeah. you know. No, you're right. I love it and I'm going to fight for it. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, that's what we need. We need more fighters. We need too many Australians. I've said this many times before. Some people get a bit upset with me, but I say if we don't, yeah. And as I said in a previous podcast, there's a guy over in the UK that I uh, interviewed, and he says, "Mate, if we don't," his name's Mike Yardley. He's one of the big, uh, you know, yeah, journalists, yeah, hunters, yeah, and shooters yeah. over there. And he said, "Mate, if we don't get off our collective asses, we're not going to have a sport in the next twenty years." It's, you know, and you've seen how England's going. I mean, they're like, you know, we've got semi-automatic handgun bans. They're constantly, you know, under attack for their firearms ownership. I mean, if we don't do that, we're going to be. I mean, we're under the monarch. It's going to be the exactly same thing. It's not. It's going to trickle down under. So. But um... no, I agree. I agree. We've got to. I think that's the biggest challenge facing us. It's the the various disciplines and the, the various aspects of the sport just pulling their finger out of their bums and saying, "Hey, we've got to work together." You know, 
Yeah. We've got enough people that shoot, enough licensed shooters in this country to get, if they all voted, to get four people in Parliament in New South Wales. You know? Yeah. Why, why haven't we? Exactly. Why haven't we? Mate, tell us, what, what what's it about hunting and shooting you know, that keeps you coming back? What is it you enjoy so much about it? Uh, well, the freedom we spoke about, um, it sort of it takes different places. I mean, I'm a very keen fly fisherman as well, and I love the places fly fishing takes me, uh, be it here locally or Snowies or New Zealand. Uh, hunting the same. I mean, we have these groonies falling from these, these things down our throats, and half of them wouldn't have got off a manicured track, you know. Uh, they wouldn't know what the real bush is like. I mean, I remember down the back of Harryville, they're stalking Samba one day and just had this feeling that someone was watching me, you know. And I looked up, and sure enough, there's a dingo sitting under a blackberry bush across the creek just eyeing me off. Um, your greenies and and people of that ilk don't see that sort of thing in the bush because they don't get off the tracks. Uh, same thing, sitting in a hide waiting for deer to come through and, and wild bush emus come down to drink, you know. Again, these people, don't get off, they don't see these things. The ability that we as hunters and fishermen, wild horses down on the Eukenburn, miles from nowhere, you know. Wild, or you're, you're flicking a dry fly around and these wild horses come down to drink. But we, we, that's what it is for me, you know. That's the ability to get out in the bush, get away from mainstream and, and see these, see nature if you like, yeah, it's full glory. Yeah, mate, but tell us what it's like, you know, when you're out in that bush and you're seeing those animals, you know, you're in that frosty morning, you're oh, seeing those... it's a privilege, those... mate, it's, it's a privilege, yeah. you know, it's, it's a, it really is a privilege because you're seeing it in the natural environment, you know. It just makes you feel good about life, it just... All the stress of the working week and everything, just you forget about it, you know. You go back, refresh, ready to start again. Yeah. What What do you like about being out in the, you know, when you're out in that bush, you know, in that morning, what's it What's it like? I mean, I, I guess the better way to explain it, some people say, what's that, you know, the smell, the sight, the hearing when you're hunting, how does that uh, escalate your senses whilst out in the bush? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I do know. Look, it's the freshness, I guess, the early morning freshness. It's, you know, the dawn chorus of the birds. You know, stuff you don't get in the city. It just makes you feel alive, you know? Yeah. And I think that's what I enjoy most. It's, it's nature at its finest. You know, those... I, I, I like doing a bit of photography, and those western sunsets, they're just superb, you know? The sun setting out over the mile, over the red plains. You know, yeah. it's just... It's good to be alive in the bush. Mate, you're 100% right. Uh, we're just going to go to a bit, bit of a quick advert to our sponsors, so we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. The Sporting Shooters Association of Australia proudly presents Australia's largest event for the sport shooting industry right here in Perth. The Shot Expo, December 6 and 7. For the true enthusiast, the Shot Expo showcases the professionalism and commitment to safety of sports shooting in Australia. Safety and training demos, ethical hunting and conservation, outdoor camping and archery, it's all on show. The Shot Expo, Claremont Showground, December 6 and 7. Pay on the day or go to shotexpo.com.au for sponsors, exhibitors and online bookings. G'day, I'm Robert Borsak from the Shooters and Fishers Party and you're listening to the Australian Hunting Podcast. The Shooters and Fishers Party have been delivering for shooters and fishers for more than 20 years. We've reformed the New South Wales Game Unit to manage hunting in state forests, returned duck, quail and pigeon hunting and delivered more than $15 million for new and existing ranges throughout the state. And we're not done yet. With your support in 2015, we will protect your rights. To find out more about our campaign, please visit www.sfp2015.org.au. 
Do you hunt deer and want to learn the correct techniques for a quality wall mount and premium eating venison? SSAA Sydney Branch provides hunter education courses to help you become a better hunter and to utilise harvested game in the most effective way possible. Course content includes gunning, butchering and caping from experienced hands-on instructors using locally harvested deer. There is no gear required and also includes a barbecue lunch. Courses are held every first Sunday of each month with an 8am sign-in for a 9am start. Course running time is approximately 6 hours and the venue is Silverdale Rifle Range. Cost is $50 per person, so call Andy Mallon at Silverdale Rifle Range on 02-4653-1440 or visit SSAAsydney.net. All right, Craig, mate, do you mate? Do you hunt for, uh, you know, obviously meat? There's a lot of people that hunt for a lot of different reasons. Do you hunt for meat, culture, you know, purely just for feral animal control? Why do you hunt in general? Yeah, well, the above, um, with the exception of probably fox and cats, we harvest pretty much all the game meat we take. Um, so that's, yeah, we, we love game meat, and my wife loves it and loves cooking with it and, and all that sort of stuff. We do a fair bit of feral animal control as well around the place, um, I mean, we're shooting roos for a fellow at the moment under New South Wales tags, with New South Wales tags, so that's pretty important on some of the smaller blocks. Uh, foxes, yeah, a lot of feral animal control with foxes. So, yeah, look, all of the above, mate. Um, I think that's the beauty of it, you know, yeah, different aspects of it, and go in and enjoy it all. Mate, what are the family like, you know, when you're the kids? I mean, I thought you were going to say you, you had three daughters and a wife. I was going to say that would be like hell, wouldn't it, being with the house with the three no, women, but no. you've got a son too. Um, <laughs> we got lucky with the last one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've got a, got a guy at my work who's got three daughters you know, and a wife. I said, that's, that's, that's like four women in a household. I said, man, you, you are one top guy. But um, <laughs> yeah, what are the family like when it comes down to eating the game meats and preparing? How do they, how do they sort of feel about it, especially the kids eating but the game they all get involved in it. No, they all get involved in it. Um, you know, I'm just trying to think. It was the first, was the first rabbit or the first goat that Chloe shot. She butchered it. She helped prepare it. Um, it was a big thing. You know, we've taught them that you just you just don't kill anything if you're not going to utilise it. Um, likewise, Sky with the rock fishing and they shot a cracker with blackfish the other day. Um, yeah, that was eaten. Um, yeah. They love it. They they love it. They love the fact that they can. Uh, Quandongs, yeah, we picked a heap of Quandongs uh, last time we were out west, you know, um, wild harvest and made a beautiful pie and jam out of it. So it's something the old family get involved in and they do. You know, they love it. Yeah, mate. What's some of the go to cuts? What do you like? You know, and you get the goat leg, you like a roast. What do you guys, how do you guys normally like to you know, prepare certain things? Uh, yeah, look, with the goats, a lot of stews have winner. That's quite good. We love the back straps and the roasted deer. Um, yeah, I feel it so. I think I feel it trapped in bacon are probably my yeah. favourite. That's yeah. probably the best I've, I've tasted, yeah. Oh, mate. Damn, damn tasty. Mate, a lot of different opinions surrounding, you know, hunting. Some people freak out when people call it a sport. A lot of people say it's a culture. Some people say it's only purely only a means for feral control or purely just a means for getting food. How would you describe it? Uh, it's certainly a culture, and it's a culture that's stronger within others than it is with some, um, and it's certainly, especially in this country, I mean, we have some great game animals that do lend themselves to the table quite well, so I think it's certainly culture and and um, a means of putting, you know, high-protein food on the table, 
then it's something that should be encouraged. I struggle with the sport bit. I don't know whether it defines itself as a sport or, or a pastime. I'm not really sure. Um, I suppose by definition it's a sport, isn't it? But certainly culture and a, and a means of putting food on the table, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, we we all love it, mate. Obviously, you've been, you know, you've been in the industry, you've been around the area, you, you know, you've been out with the general public. How would you explain to someone if someone come up to you and you said you were a hunter? How would you explain to someone that's never hunted or shot or even some people haven't even fished before? It's that it's that amazing. Uh, so they, so they, if you explain it to them, so they could understand why you love this sort of lifestyle so much. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that's different one. I mean, after after I get over the incredulous disbelief and no one's fished a hundred before in their life, I suppose. Um, yeah, yeah. I'd offer to take them out. I'd certainly offer to take them out. Um, go for a fish or or go for a hunt or, or something like that. Um, of course, they're a nice enough person. Um, yeah, it's, it's a difficult one. I'd sort of just I'd sort of probably more go down the feral animal track, which is what I tend to do mostly. That's, yeah. You know, explain that the animals we hunt in this country are in fact feral. Yeah. Uh, they're an ecological disaster on the country. Um, I think the problem with people being anti-hunting, they have this opinion, if you like, that we're going out and we're shooting koalas and possums and kangaroos, and we're shooting native animals. Yeah. And for the mo- that, that is such a long way from the, from the truth. I mean, the fact of the matter is that animals that hunt in this country, except under uh, control tickets, are all feral. They're not supposed to be. And I think, you know, from my experience, once those people understand that, oh, you don't shoot kangaroos. No, we don't shoot kangaroos. They're a little bit more accepting of it. That's what I found over the past. You know, there's just, uh, but there's just an opinion that hunters shoot everything. Well, we don't. You know, so that's that's how I go about explaining it. Yeah, mate. What about? I mean, obviously, there's different areas to hunt: public land, private land. Do you hunt purely just private land? Do you like to get amongst it and you know, do a bit of state forest hunting? What sort of what's your sort of go to? And what's you know what's some of the benefits of sort of hunting on public land and private property, removing those feral animals? Mate, we hunt on state forest, private land, and also, you know, uh, the Victorian country where, where you can legally hunt. Um, I like the idea of the whole state forest hunting and, and, and hunting Victorian estate because it's just a matter of it's where you jump, jump in the car and go. In New South Wales, we do a 24 hour booking. Um, but you've got that, it just offers more freedom, I think. I, I love that concept. Um, and of course, private land, where you've got farmers that are. Uh, happy to have you hunt there. That's good too. But I think the freedom that hunting in state forest provides us, uh, both in Victoria and New South Wales, is, is great. And that's probably my preference at the moment. And there's some great areas too. I mean, that that country around the Snowy Mountains, that sort of Tumut, Tumbarumba area, uh, yeah. is just fantastic for the game. Um, yeah. As are some of the western forests and the northwest forests. You know. Yeah, I was down near only Tumbarumba about ooh, three weeks ago. I think a lot of deer around there. Yeah, well, that's uh, probably our next spot next year we're going to look at. But um, even the South Coast, like there's some cracking good forests around the back of Lower Duller and there where there are a lot of deer, you know. So, yeah. But just got to get out, and that's the beauty of state forest, I think. You can sort of pick one and hunt it and hunt it and hunt it until you get to know it. No good, move on to the next one, you know. Yeah, exactly. Mate, obviously you're, you're, you're a retailer, you know, of different, you know, sporting equipment, firearms, etc. What's your thoughts on firearms ownership in Australia at the moment in this sort of political climate? Uh, I think, I was about this last night, I think generally we're in a good position overall, I think. I'm sure, you know, we'd love to have semi-automatic shotguns back and, and whatnot, but I think generally we're, we are in a good position. There's no restriction on the amount of firearms we can own. Um, 
the permit system in New South Wales is a little more streamlined than what it was, and we get guys walking in here with, with permits saying, I want to buy a gun, and they walk out with a gun. You know, a little while ago, you know, they weren't coming with permits, you had to pay for the permit to come through. So I think, I think generally it's okay, but I think um, I'd like to see it loosened off a little bit more. I think there's no reason why pump action shotguns uh, are on the restricted list. Um, but I think, too, while it is we're in a, a reasonably stable climate, I think we need to be vigilant that it, you know, it could go the other way very, very quickly. That's what worries me, you know. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I'm, I'm happy with it overall, but I think we just need to be vigilant and make sure it doesn't get any worse. Yeah, mate. I mean, as a retailer, I mean, obviously you were around not around in nineteen ninety six, etc. I mean, as I mean, obviously as a retailer, not just to make money, but what would you like to see? I mean, you just talk about pump shotguns. What would you What would you like to see? You know, happen? You know, in 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 the future in regards to what certain firearms you can own? Would you support? I always ask people. I got to be. I got to be frank with you, Craig. Would you support? You no, know, no. Like, I'd, love, I'd love to see pump action shotguns, semi-automatic shotguns, back on 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 normal normal permits. You know, um, I, I fail to see. I'm far to see how that sort of. I just don't see why they're there. You know, they're, they're just not a. They're not a weapon that should have been banned in the first place. I'd love to see that back on the tickets. You know, um, semi-automatic hunting rifles. I'd love to see them back available to people. You know, um, but I just. I just worry that we've gone too far down the other way now. If that to happen, and yeah, I don't know, Jace. I think. I think we've probably got our lot now. That's that's what I think. I think the sad thing is that people, I said before, people need to get more political because what happens is uh, the wedge is in now. The wedge is firmly in. And look at the ammunition control bill. It's just another little bit of the wedge is knocked in. Now, I know the boys have got a um, a, um, uh, for Parliament to get that bill repealed, a bill before Parliament to get that ammunition bill repealed, okay? Um, you know, I hope that works and you know, I'd love to see that work. But the problem is that we're getting little bits taken away from us all the time, and we're not getting those little bits back. So yeah. That's, that's the problem. Yeah, um, I, was, I was having a good conversation the other day with a friend, you know, and we, we sort of always, you know, uh, you know yeah, but not, not butt heads, but we tend to agree a lot. And I know there's a lot of organisations out there, you know, that really, you know, they, they're big supporters of, like, you know, semi-automatic handguns, and that's fantastic. I mean, I'm a pistol owner myself, so I love that. I love all types of firearms. But then I hear some, you know, organisations that say, oh, but they're not, Pro semi-automatic long arm, so pro centerfire rifle, semi-automatic centerfire rifles. I'm like, I just don't understand that philosophy sometimes because, I mean, if you look at really at crime, I mean, I, I'm not sure the exact specifics and percentages. I'm not going to sort of sway, but obviously uh, a majority to almost all of the crime is committed with a handgun. So if 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 they don't want to be hypocritical, then I can't understand why a firearm such as the US, such as the AR, whatever it may be, those firearms are used in less than pretty much one percent of crimes. Majority. Yeah of the crime is concealable handguns yet a lot of organizations yeah, handguns too. Ex- yeah. exactly a lot of people say well you know we support the handguns but oh we're a bit iffy on these centerfire rifles I'm, 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 I'm sometimes i think the hypocrisy is just sort of outrageous because you know yeah and look this is i don't know this is a, a bit of a long-standing issue with me i mean um let's get down the nuts and bolts of it you know you've got uh pistol shooters that all they do is pistol shooting they don't give a, a crap about you know, the rabbit shooter and his long arms. You've got the clay target shooters. That yep. All they do is clay target shoot. They don't give a, a rats about the deer hunter. Um, yep. You know, you've got the military rifle guy who doesn't give a crap about the small ball shooter, you know. Uh, the fact of the matter is we're all shooters. Um, the fact of the matter is that if semi-automatic handguns are banned, 
then it's going to be revivals next, okay? Then they're gone. They're gone, finished, finito. That's Not it. coming back. Yep. Okay. Semi-automatic uh, military-style weapons were banned, and there's military rifle clubs. Those guys didn't do anything. They were shooting tape every day, okay? Um, they're gone. Uh, semi-automatic shotguns went. Pump-action shotguns are gone. You know, what's next? Pump-action rifles? Bolt-action rifles? We cool. need to get over the fact that we think that our discipline is better than the next bloke's discipline. You know, Victoria learned this the hard way yeah, with, with hunting. You know, the, the deer stalkers didn't like the doggers. The doggers didn't like the deer stalkers. You know, they yeah. lost foxhounds. You know? Yeah. Well, it, why can't it, people it's... just get... I just never understood people get on. Like, I know, I, and this was only about three weeks ago, I heard I was uh, shooting some pistols, and then these guys were getting a little bit of a, a little bit of a debate about you know different types of firearms, and, and, the, and the guy was shooting his semi-automatic pistol, having a ball, which hey, I 100% support. All great, I love doing it too. And the next breath, I heard him saying, "Yeah, no, nah, the you know the, the the semi-automatic long arms like these ARs, oh no, nah, they're very bad news. You know, we can't have this, and we can't." And then he's shooting, he's, and then I asked him, I said, "Well, you know, what does they ban your, your your pistol shooting?" He's like, "Oh no, nah, man, I'd be real angry about that." And I said, ah, I just can't believe you're saying. I actually oh, called yeah. him out. I called him out, and I said, I can't believe. And then when it sort of, I explained the situation. He goes, Oh, yeah, you're kind of right. You know, I mean, didn't sort of think about it that way. And I said, Well, mate, that handgun, not that handgun, but handguns in general. And I love handguns. Don't get me wrong, but I say that that they that got away with not being banned, and we sure be lucky. And I'm happy that those are still available that we can own legally. But to say this firearm over here is somehow more deadly than that firearm in your hand, I mean, we only got to look at all the crime in Sydney at the moment around the the country. It's all handgun crime. I mean, you know. But. And just on that, that crime and in the Senate Federal Senate inquiry, yep. uh, the police actually said limited to handguns, in particular in Sydney. That's how that's how uh, contained that crime is. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's a big problem, and you're right. You know, so I don't know. I, don't know, I think we need to get over ourselves really and look at ourselves as the firearms industry and. And not have those sort of preconceived ideas that this is bad, that's not bad. Because when one goes, it never comes back and they move on to something else. You know, that's what's happening. Yeah, mate, you're right. Let's talk about, I know you're talking about, or you sort of did mention a little bit about, um, you can tell me if you want, you don't do or don't have to. Do you vote for a pro-gun political party? Absolutely. Shoes and fishes party all the way. I first met Robert Brown 23 years ago um, when I was working for Fuller's, 25 years ago. Yep. Uh, I don't know what Rob was doing then, but... He'd come in and he'd, he'd buy the odd rifle with a sneaky check in the back of his wallet. Um, he just, they're good eggs, mate. Those boys are good eggs, and they deserve the support of all the shooters, and they've done wonders for us, you know? Um, I haven't voted for a mainstream political party for so long now, it's not funny. Yeah. When I say mainstream, I'm talking Liberal Labor. They're all tied with the same brush as far as I'm concerned. Uh, they're in it for themselves. And I guess over the last sort of... Now the kids are getting a bit older, they're sort of like, Dad, who do you vote for? What do you do, yeah? And I tell anyway, back for the Fusion and Fisher Party. Um, and one, apart from being a shooter and a fisher, I mean, these guys, they're true to their constituents. They're true to the people that voted them in. None of the other blokes are. You know? They're fair weather politicians, the rest of them. Yeah. You know? They're looking for jobs. They want to maintain their jobs. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll tell you that, so you're going to vote for us. And what happens? They get into Parliament, they change what they said, they lie, they bullshit, they're corrupt. You know, drinking bottles, there are 3,000 bottles of port, no grains, and forgetting about it. You know, <laughs> oh, for jump and shit. Conveniently forgetting, Craig, conveniently forgetting. <laughs> conveniently forgetting. I mean, they're a disgrace. Yeah. They're a disgrace. Um, and I strongly believe that, the, you know, the Shoes and Fishers Party, those two boys there, you know, Robert, Robert Borzak, they're, they're true to their constituents, you know. 
attitude of people that put him in power, and they continue to be. And I'd hate to think where we'd be as shooters if we didn't have that representation in the Senate. Yeah, mate, you're right. How, I mean, obviously there's political parties. We're not going to you know, agree with everything every political party does, even our pro-gun parties. But have you been happy? Um, we're going to do a flip side question too. But have you been happy with their performance in making progress, say, in the upper house? Bit when obviously, you're in New South Wales, so we'll talk about New South Wales. Have you been happy with their performance in the political arena? Yeah, I have been. I have been. Um, you know, I make a point of... And you don't always see the full story. I mean, there was... People don't really like where they stood on the on power sale, the power of you know, the, the sale of the, the telephone poles and wires and all that sort of stuff. Or yep. you know, I get around the shows a bit and I talk to the boys and I see them, and it's not always what's portrayed in the press either. You know, um, and I honestly think that they've got the best in, the interests of New South Wales in general. And yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I am happy with the performance. Yeah, I am. Mate, another good question. On the flip side, what do you think they can do better in the future? Oh, that's a good one, hey. You know, there's always what's been, the like, like everything we do, like what's the future? What do you think they can do? I mean, as you said, a lot of people, I mean, and I, I'm a big supporter of the SFP too, a lot of people know that. Um, you know, some people weren't happy with, you know, I'm not a big fan myself, I've got to admit that I'm not a big fan of, of you know, uh, privatising, you know, um, you know, uh, yeah, telephone wires or ports and essential services. Yeah. But, you know, on the other hand, a lot of people weren't happy when, you know, how National Park Hunting turned out but i mean i'm glad they went for it mate you know i mean we see other organizations around the country that aren't going for it mate when you compare organizations around australia compared to you know people like say the national rifle association i did a uh, an interview last week with one of the guys from the canadian national Forum, and these guys are very forward thinking they're full on with their government and they don't take any prisoners so to speak so how do you, you i know, think that yeah look i um yeah, I, I tend to agree with that approach. I mean, we've seen over the years that the various shooting organisations, and I, I guess to a lesser extent, the Shoes and Fishers Party, we would, you know, I'm talking the WSAA, I'm talking the ADA, I'm talking Field and Game, I'm talking all these all these pro-shooting groups that have got a multitude of members. Sadly, we've taken a softly, softly approach to the way we um, conduct ourselves when it comes to uh, various issues, okay? A softly, softly approach. I think yeah, it's, like, it's like saying, well, if we, if we stay quiet and stay in the corner, they won't know we're here, you know? Uh, I think that's, that's dead and buried. That approach is dead and buried. It's not getting us anywhere, okay? I think we need to be more proactive. We need to be more political. We need to be, you know, Ted Drone, when Ted Drone's in charge of WSAA, um, you know, the anti gunners aren't at the snooze and Ted was in the street with a rally. You know what I mean? Yeah, we. I think we need more of that. We need stuff being quiet anymore. Yeah, you know, we're here. We're shooters. Be proud. Be seen. Get out amongst it. You know. Um. I, yeah. I'd, I'd like to say it's more proactive and more and more more angry. You know. Get out in the street. Uh, the softly, softly approach. I think is not good. It's not good for anyone. No, you're right, mate. Um, so what you reckon? Shooters and fishers at the upcoming what twenty? What would be fifth March twenty eight? I think or twenty nine. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Fantastic. March, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think they've got a good chance anyway, mate. Yeah, exactly. All right, mate, we're just going to go to your final quick break. Uh, we'll be right back with Craig Golding. This is an ad for the Liberal Democrats. But the Liberal Democrats don't want me to talk about them. They want me to talk about you. People should control governments. Governments shouldn't control people. 
In fact, the Liberal Democrats think the less you hear from the government, the better. Unless you're hurting someone, governments should get out of the way and let you live the life you want. The Liberal Democrats. More freedom, less government. Hey, Mars, did you know there's a place in New South Wales that gun owners, hunters and sporting shooters are very familiar with? Of course, Jason. That place is Horsley Park Gun Shop. That's because they've been around for 30 years and have built a reputation for being the best in the business. They have an extensive range of firearms, ammunition, gun safes, optics and accessories for all your hunting and shooting requirements. And did you know, Jason, they always have bulk ammo specials? Absolutely. The friendly staff at Horsley Park Gun Shop are always there to help you and give you the best advice. Horsley Park Gun Shop are open Monday to Saturday and you can find them on the internet at hpgs.com.au. Come and talk to the team at Horsley Park Gun Shop at 1848 Horsley Road, Horsley Park or call them on 9620 13 13. For everything Bushnell, go to Red Fox Outdoor Supplies online store. For a full range of Bushnell rifle scopes, rangefinders, binoculars, night vision, spotting scopes and Hoppies gun cleaning products. Red Fox are also major online retailers for the popular Aussie Maxbox brand and the rest of the innovative products distributed by Eagle Eye Hunting Gear. All at Red Fox Outdoor Supplies. So go to the website redfoxoutdoorsupplies.com.au or phone Greg on 0412 495 712. All right, Craig, mate, on this show, no one's exempt from it. Sometimes I actually forget to do it. But we've got a five questions, mate, in under a minute segment. Bit of a fun segment, you know, to have a bit of a laugh, you know. So do you reckon you'll be able to take the challenge or? Mate, I have to take the challenge. Speak for listening. That's right, that's right. All right, what I'm going to do, I'm going to, as soon as I hit this, this start button on my uh, stopwatch here, we're going to go. All right, in three, two, one. All right, mate, in five words or less, describe what hunting means to you. Uh, freedom is way of life. Yeah, favourite game species to hunt and why? Putting you on the spot here. Samba deer, their ability to hide pine two cross sticks. Yeah. Um, they're just great to hunt. Yeah, your proudest moment or experience you have had being a hunter, and what was it? Uh, too many lists, but um, probably watching my 16-year-old daughter take her first game animal. Yeah, if you could hunt anywhere in the world, uh, where would it be and why? Alaska. Wild, challenging country and wild animals. Yeah, favourite piece of hunting equipment you own, what is it and why? Binoculars. Why? I can't see it, I can't shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's, this might even be a record, 42.83. Well done, mate. Done, definitely done in under a minute. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, mate, I, was, I just almost dropped my bloody phone then. Um, mate, tell us mate, tell us a story. We always like to finish off, you know, a great story, you know, share us maybe, I don't know, personal accomplishment, maybe a story with your daughter, whatever you want, mate, share Listeners always love hearing a good story to finish off the show, something that, you know, and sort of give us a bit of detail too. Just run us through it, where, what, time of day, maybe a hunting story, whatever you want, mate. Tell us you know, a great day that sticks in your mind. Oh, crikey. I suppose, I mean, for most of you before, like for me, it, the whole thing these days is, is teaching the kids to hunt and shoot. And, you know, there's a lot of experiences that I can sort of tell the listeners that, the one that sticks in my mind the most, and the recent one was, you know, we were, out, we were chasing foxes around Tarmor, just whistling foxes, and and um, yeah, Chloe was on the gun, and you know, we hadn't seen any foxes, hadn't seen any at all, and then all of a sudden, yeah, one out in the middle of the paddock, he's probably 
75 hundred yards away and I'm blowing and blowing and blowing on the whistle. He wouldn't come any closer and um, so we had to sneak in on him and we probably got the 50 metres away and I'm blowing and blowing and blowing on the whistle and I'm blowing myself hoarse. That's that. This thing wasn't looking up. He was probably eating field mice or something. And I'm watching this fox. I'm blowing on the whistle and all of a sudden the fox falls over dead. And it turns out Chloe shot the fox and I hadn't heard the shot because I was so deaf from the whistle. You know, that's probably... That's why it sticks in my head. It was just... I just never heard the shot go off. She was standing beside me, and the fox falls over, and Chloe's jumped up and down. I've got a fox. I've got a fox. Now that that's one that's just stuck in my mind recently. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, mate. If you could impart one last piece of knowledge on listeners, shooters, you know, fishermen, to finish off, what would it be? Get active. Get politically active. Um, to protect your sport in the future, we need to because there's too many factors working against us. Um, yeah, we need to be supporting the groups that are supporting us as well. And that that's what I'd say. I mean, I think we're, we're, we're at the crossroads. You know, the, the, the anti-this and the anti-that brigade, they want fishing curtailed, they want marine parks put in. Um, you know, they want shooting and firearms banned, they want restrictions on, on the amount of firearms you can own. Uh, they've come out and said this. Um, if we If we want to have a future through the outdoor sports, fishing, hunting, we need to be active. We need to be more active than what we are. We need to stop the, the lethargy. We need to stop the apathy. We've got to get out amongst it and, and, and just show them that you know, we're not going to be walked over. That's what I'd say. Because if we don't do that now, well, there's no point. There won't be any podcasts. There won't be any gun shops. You know, um, they'll be gone. They'll be finished. That's right, mate. Hundred percent, mate. If people want to come, give you give your shop a bit of a plug, mate. Tell us about it. Uh, what can where, where is it? Phone numbers, you know. You're on Facebook, emails. Give us to give us the details. Right, it's Field and Stream Australia. We're right opposite the War Memorial in Bong Bong Street and Bower on New South Wales. Um, right, Facebook. Just um, type in Field and Stream Australia. We'll come up. Um, website is fieldandstreamaustralia.com.au. Uh, yeah, just give us a hoy with the fishing, hunting, and outdoor gear. Mate, phone number and, if people uh, want to ring you up. Yeah, it's, um, best shop. Shop number is 02486 Or you get me on the mobile, 0412 Fantastic. You heard it, everyone. Get in there, you know, support your rural businesses, um, you know, and support your gun shops and uh, go in there and buy some gear. And, uh, you know, on your, on your next hunting trip, if you're on the way through, Craig, mate, thanks for your time. I always love having a chat to people. These questions always pretty much are very similar to what I ask a lot of people in regards to my everyday sort of hunter series about what they enjoy, you know, how they love taking their kids out and what we need to do in the future. Because you're right, man, I fear, you know, I said this before on a show, we're about, you know, what, 18 years in after Port Arthur and that wedge is firmly driven into gun rights here in Australia, and you know, soon it's 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 one little cut after another, isn't it? From these uh, you know these main two political parties, and uh, if we don't do anything now, and we don't keep fighting, some people have given up. I haven't given up. You know, if you give up, there's no real point in continuing the sport. I think so, mate. I just appreciate you. by a thousand cuts. That's right. I just appreciate you coming on the show and uh, you know imparting some good knowledge and wisdom and opinions uh, to the listeners. And uh, thank you very much, mate. It's great talking to you. Thanks very much, mate. You've just been educated, and this is the Australian Hunting Podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next time.